Uh, if you've ever thought about recording a podcast, Anchor is the best way to do that. We use that for Boats and Does here. Uh, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. Uh, Anchor has the tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or on your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on all the listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. So if you've ever thought about it, download the Anchor app and go or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome back to the Boats and Does podcast. This is Tyler. I got Ben and Brandon with me. And this episode, we are going to go over whether or not people agree with the fact of having to purchase fishing and hunting license. I will say that fishing license and hunting license in North Carolina has gone up a lot in the last couple of years. It has. It has indeed. How much? Uh, I mean, a sportsman's like, what, 60 bucks? Yeah, yeah, but it's went up like, it used to be 45, so it's went up, what is that, 25% or something? But they also included the trout stamp on your inland fishing now. Yeah, they did. That is true. So maybe it didn't go up terribly. Trout are stupid though. But all the people that stamp, all the people that don't want to trout fish, <laughs> maybe they think it went up for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So the uh, the 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 reason I came up with this one and wanted to go over this is I was on the way this weekend to Miami for a, a guy's trip with my uncle. I was just uh, on the way to Miami. <laughs> Pinkies up. Um, but we were talking about the uh, the subject of constitutional carry, whether you should have to have a permit or not. Um, and we got onto the subject of one of the guys made a comment that he did not agree with having to pay for fishing license. And as a human on Earth, it should be your you know natural right to be able to go out and. Yeah, but is take it, off of the land. But is, is it, it his private land? No, it is not. But but I I hear what he's saying. But at the same time, as a constitutional American, is it not also your duty to take care of the land? It is, and that was my thing towards it. Is I was like, listen, I get where you're coming from, but also the the majority of your conservation funds are raised off of license sales so if you do away with having to buy a license you do away with a a load of funding that goes into your local state's wildlife yeah agency and honestly i think to me it is worth paying my what is it 15 20 dollars for a fishing license and then mm-hmm. another yeah, it costs you it costs you sixty bucks for the year in North Carolina, and then another forty five in South Carolina just to get fishing. Yeah, so I mean, it's not it's not terrible. That's worth it to me to go towards conserving something that I enjoy to do. It's Absolutely. just like it's just like buying a duck stamp, right? Like a duck stamp's a, a federal stamp that you have to have to hunt migratory waterfowl, which apparently crows now fall under. I found that out. I thought that was odd. Really? <laughs> yeah, interesting, right? I did not know that. Um, I didn't know crows were migratory. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know yeah. either. I, so for some reason, if you don't have a if you don't have a stamp, you can't hunt. I don't know if it's a state stamp or if it's a federal stamp though, because we have okay. both. Um, but no, I always get excited to see what the duck stamp is for the year, and I'm like stoked to pay my like fifteen dollars or whatever it costs, thirty bucks, 
Uh, I'm not sure. And that's a that's a pretty solid cause that pretty much the majority of people know about because it's on the federal level. But you know the other things that they just know that you have they're federally controlled. You have to buy the stamp to do it. Um, but I don't think a lot of people the the disconnect between non hunters and conservation is the fact that they don't understand. Um, yeah, because like when was the last time you donated to conservation fund? Ooh, personally, yeah. I mean, it was fairly recently when I renewed my fishing license. But <laughs> well, I know that, but outside of like a license, and I think that's the major issue here. No, it is, is for sure. Like, unless I'm at Cabela's where I'm rounding up. Yeah, yeah. For conservation. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> my fifty-six cents. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Whatever. I mean that that adds up. It does. It oh, it does. definitely does. It definitely does add up, and I think I, I think a lot of the problem is people don't necessarily understand the it's it's we're almost a minority of americans i feel like as far as hunters and fishermen and just sportsmen in general is you lose the, the way Stephen ranella says it right the the cat lady in new jersey um is not going to understand the amount that goes into com- conservation or the effort it takes to yeah. upkeep and the cat lady's never going to donate to conservation. No, she's not. And mm-hmm. I, and I think with if you bring a lot more light to conservation, maybe, maybe not the New Jersey cat lady that you know sees concrete ninety percent of the terrain around her, but the other people that maybe don't enjoy so much going out and fishing and hunting, but yeah. enjoy the fact of nature and what it represents and and the use of the land like it's not just hunting and fishing land no it's, it's hiking trails it's, it's it's any use land it's, it's yeah it's yeah. like our land mm-hmm. um, public access land yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter how if you want to geocache on that land that's fine yeah right it's it's and me as a hunter like some idiot walking through the woods during deer season i may be a little upset with him However, me also being like a conservationist should be like more minded to like, hey, he's using the public land. Like, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Like, he might have ruined my hunt, but. It's the cheapest hunting club that you can join. It is. Absolutely. Um, And it's not. See, that's one of those like catch 22s, though. It's the cheapest as far as yourself, but it's not the cheapest in the basis of what it is because you have. The people that don't really care about it very much and yeah. don't necessarily see the use in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not as interested in doing things towards helping keep it clean or keep it public. Well, I know um, like out in California when um, like weed farms were moving in, illegal weed farms, it fell to fish and game. Yeah, it did. Um, <clears throat> so fish and game were funding trying to get rid of these farms and they just didn't have the funding for it which it should have been you know another department in my opinion but uh it fell to them because they were on public access land yeah and i i mean i guess to a degree of that though like i feel like it's all the same tax dollars right right like whether it's the state troopers it's the swat team Mm -hmm. it's the county sheriff like we as taxpayers are paying for that one way or another. Right. So like, I don't understand the disconnect between like, like in North Carolina, there are a hundred and count hundred counties 
100 counties, and there are, I think, at this point, 102 game wardens. Yeah. So you're telling me that a game warden has to cover fishing and hunting can cover a whole county. Right. Like, that's insane. And and me personally, like, if it means I get checked more, like, I would be okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm sure at some point, like... I'm going to get caught up and not have my license on me or something. I'll tell you what, they're all over the Green River. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben found out the hard way. Uh, <laughs> that, that was another place. Yeah. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Yeah, don't um, fish delayed harvest and or hatch supported in March. Yeah, yeah. He he was catching and releasing, though. Yeah, know? I mean, I, I didn't take the fish. I yeah. let him go, but I, I shouldn't have been fishing it, and if I had known, I wouldn't. Yeah. But um, You got tattletailed on. I did, so. and but as a sportsman, well, you, that that also went back to <laughs> conservation. So, yeah, I mean, conservation. The, 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 you're fine. Donated <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah your you your thirty dollar fine. Yeah, my thirty five dollar fine went right back, and then the courts got the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I think in some ways you have to be thankful that game wardens exist and stop being scared of them. Just make sure you're on top of your stuff. And most of them are cool. And most of them are... I've heard some bad stories, but I know that if you catch me on a bad day, like I'm sure somebody out there is going to tell you a bad story about me Yeah, teaching somebody how to use a machine, right? It's just... It's nature of the beast. It's, it's humans. And, and, and most of them are pretty level-headed. They understand that like, if you don't physically have your license on you, it's, an, it's inconvenient for them to have to go look it up in the system. But they have that about them. If you're not... Yeah sideways with an attitude when they stop you and yeah. you're just pretty like, look, man, I'm sorry. I forgot it. Um, would you mind just looking it up for me? Mm-hmm. And most of the time they're just going to do that for you. And they're pretty easy to get along with. As long as you don't start with an attitude, then typically yeah. they won't. Um, now, obviously you have the bad guys every once in a while. They're just having a bad day. feel like being mm-hmm. yeah. not so nice. But I mean, I think you look at any, and, and this may be slightly controversial, but like, I think you look at any like government office that, you know, has a limited, a limited amount, like game wardens are outside the realm for North Carolina. Cause you have to have a four year degree in biology and then you have to go through like, you know, the school and all this stuff. But like you look at most law enforcement, it's like, I have to go to this school for 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it may be. And then I'm like gifted this power, right? Yeah. I think that, I feel like that maybe some of the people that get into it, get into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So I think some of that you run into where it's like somebody's on a power trip. It's just an ego thing. And they got into the job for the wrong reason. Right. But I mean, I think that game warden, since they've had that education of four plus years yeah i mean i feel like they have to protect in that yeah that that environment and the animals that live there uh that whole ecosystem yeah because if you go get a four-year biology degree that's tough i mean they know a lot more than i do for sure you know when you care enough about it to spend the money and the time and the effort to get that so and then not make a very good salary yeah no and i mean it doesn't really but these guys aren't retired they know where every great spot to go on the public access there is there is benefits (laughs) there's definitely benefits but they might not be able to afford to fish so often because you know they're making 55 they can just confiscate some gear yeah i mean (laughs) true i'm sure that guy didn't need it (laughs) um 
I, I was just thinking about the uh, Davidson River hatchery this year. They flooded. lost so many fish. And so now North Carolina's going over into Tennessee, North Georgia with their hatcheries, and they're having to buy fish. Yep. Um, just to keep that tourism up, for one. Yep. Uh, and for and two is just to have a healthy fish population. Well, they used to stock um, some local ponds around Charlotte for like a winter stocking program, like a public outreach to yep. like, you know. That I think the goal of the program is to get kids involved because it's yep. like they don't have to go anywhere. Like they're inner city kids. They can mm-hmm. go to any of these five or ten ponds around Charlotte and catch trout when they stock them. The trout definitely don't make it through spring. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so like they didn't do that this year. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the trout. Yeah, so it, and going into having to, you know, buy fish from other states. Don't make fun of me. Uh, going into having to buy fish from other states, we'll go on to the subject. Um, one of Brandon's favorites is is turkeys. We we had a real struggle here in North Carolina with turkeys, um, and they started having to introduce them from other states. Yeah, South Carolina and Georgia introduced a lot of turkeys to North Carolina. They did, and actually, um, I looked this up earlier. I have it pulled up here in front of me, but uh, since 1989 – 1,744 wild turkeys have been acquired from other states, including Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Connecticut, Iowa, Missouri, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Virginia, and uh, Wyoming. Oh, so Georgia's not on the list. Georgia's not on the list, actually. Impressive. Which is very surprising. Um, So they've spent... um, Let's see. These birds were acquired at a cost of $925,727. Yeah. So back, if you, if you look back at that time frame, though, like the whole, the whole U S was in despair when it comes to like Turkey populations, like there were only a couple pockets of places where turkeys were still doing very well. And like, you know, national wild Turkey Federation, this goes back to conservation, right? They, a group of people saw that there was an issue, like, right. It, 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 that's what it takes. It takes people. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody decided like, I'm going to own this and create a national wild Turkey Federation. I'm not sure who that guy was, but I'd like to shake his hand. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, so on the subject of the wild Turkey Federation, um, the North Carolina chapter of that $925,000, uh, $309,477 were funded by, the North Carolina state chapter of okay. national wild right. turkey federation. And then the rest of that was probably funded mostly like Roberts and Pittman act or something, some other way to gather sportsman dollars. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't specify. It's just wildlife resources commission, um, which is the Robinson Pittman act. Yeah. That's where they get 90% of their money is taxes for guns and hunting. And yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Now they also, so the study that I looked up said that wild turkey population um, in 1970 was an estimated 2000 birds. Yeah. And we're for 56,000 now. Um, in 2015, it was an estimated 265,000 birds. 265,000 in North Carolina or in North America? In North Carolina. That's a lot of birds. That is a lot of birds. Hopefully we'll catch some this spring. I hope Catch so. some? Catch some. Yeah. I okay. mean, with a bullet. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> With shot. Um, yeah, so, like, 
But what a lot of people don't realize is turkeys are in like a bad situation again, right? Um, there's more development going on. There's habitat loss. Um, there's increased predation. Nobody's like back in the day we had coon hunters. We had lots of them. Now, like being a coon hunter is not necessarily as attractive. Uh, there's just not enough land to let a dog run. Mm-hmm. You know, this, uh, before you could like let your dog run. And if it ran onto the neighbor's property, that was, you know, a thousand acres away, like no big deal. The neighbor was cool. And now you're seeing stories where like people's dogs are getting shot for trespassing. Have you ever met a dog that could read? Nope. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. So it's like you have these and, and the fur market's down, right? The fur market's been down for the last 20 years. Uh, maybe not 20, but like 15 for sure. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so uh, a coon hide now that used to go for 25, 30 bucks is going for like $4. And the dollar's worth a lot less. And 15 years ago, 25, 30 bucks was a, a lot more than it is now. Yeah. So yeah. not only are you down, you know, 75%, you're down inflation as well. Yeah. Um, and it costs more to own dogs. Like, but like you look at that and like coons eat all the turkey eggs Mm -hmm. like the the percentile i heard it somewhere but there's like a percentage chance um of a turkey making it from egg to adult turkey right yeah at a jake stage into adult turkey right which takes a little over a year um and the percentile is like 80% 80% are killed before they ever get there. Wow. You know, so it's like when you get to harvest that bird, yeah, it's a, it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. Like it is. I mean, the other conservation thing I'm thinking of is, um, the elk population in North Carolina. Yeah. Where they reintroduced Roosevelt, mm-hmm. uh, elk into Western North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe at some point that may become a huntable population. They've been talking about it. But I don't I don't necessarily know. Um like it's gonna be like a ten tag situation, you know. What yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Um, but if you look at Kentucky, Kentucky did the same thing and now they have a very, very huntable population and it's like a it's like an elk hunting gold mine. Yeah. If you can ever draw draw the tag. Well I'm also sure they have a lot more uh suitable habitat than we do. I don't know. Like we have, we have a lot more than you think. Like Daniel Boone National Forest is Great like, Smoky Mountains, yeah, Great the Smoky largest Mountains. national park in North America. Yeah. So like, there's all this land that I mean, it's got houses built around it, but elk don't care. They also um, they had uh, rogue elk go down to like Caesar's Head in South Carolina. Really? They've been spotted all the way down there. Yeah. Dang. So they're so they're they're doing their thing. They're moving. They're growing. Uh, so I looked it up. The uh, on average between forty to sixty of all turkey nests. What just happened? Can you hear me? Uh-uh. You lost me. Hit pause. Three, two. Oh, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one, go. I didn't get a count. Okay, go. <laughs> all right. So. I just looked it up, the uh, the turkey predation, on average, between 40 to 60 of all turkey nests will be eaten before they hatched. Yeah, so that's they haven't hatched yet. 40 to 60%. And then you have the predation on the dibbies. Yep, yep, the little the little chickens. 
Little little Turks. Little Thunder Chickens. But, uh, you know, on these numbers here. And then if we consider that 50% of those are probably hens that we can't hunt. Yeah, that's true. So the last release of wild turkeys was in 2005. And between 1990 and 2005, they released 4,443. That's such a satisfying number. 4,443. It is. Three. One more. One, one more. more. Four, four, four. Yep. Four. Four. <laughs> four. <laughs> uh, but if you look at, so their estimated population in 2005 um, was 150,000. How do they estimate the populations? Um, I think it's, it, there's, a, there's a matrix to it. It's uh, based off of how many they see. Let me tell you what they're trying to do. They're trying to pump those numbers up. Well, I mean, those are rookie numbers, but... Um, you know, the uh, it's more comfortable that way. <laughs> the Ben's Ben's yelling at me about how I hold the mic. Um, I'm holding it like a rapper, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, so like, there's this, there's this like turkey biologist. They call him like Mister Turkey or something. Um, he works with Real Tree a bunch and stuff. But he is his like lab. He does like doctorate students uh, at his lab. And long story short, they're measuring the gobbles. So they have these auditory devices and they're measuring the number of gobbles that they hear. And they're, they're actually getting really good with AI and stuff. Cool. Um, I wish I knew more about it, but, uh, so you can do proximity based on. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they climb up a pine tree and hang this like uh, microphone essentially. Cool. And then they have AI software to, Distinguish uh, gobbles to, to distinguish gobbles, so they know that within this range, this microphone can pick up a gobble, um, given you know proper wind conditions, such and such. So then they use that to estimate a turkey population. Right. So I actually looked that up, or I was actually reading that earlier. It's the uh, gobbling chronology project report. Yeah, yeah. So the guy is like Mister Turkey, though. Um. But so going back to where we were at with the um they stopped in 2005 they released the 4443 they were one short of uh, perfect four um so their last release in 2005 was 150,000 in 2010 their estimated population was 260,000 so based off of just 40 to 60% predation on unhatched eggs and they almost doubled. Yeah, so they're they're definitely breeding. Um, I will say uh, there's reports that COVID was tough on turkeys. Was it more hunters was it, were in the woods? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working from home. Yeah, more people were hunting more often. So, oh, more I people, thought it was like a series of the bird flu. No, more people filled their bag limits. Not the bird flu. Leaf. <laughs> Leaf. <laughs> Do you have kids? <laughs> no, but that was totally a dad Angry joke. Dad <laughs> <jokes>. <laughs> Grab the shovel, bury that joke. <laughs> oh. No, so, so I what think- other conservation um, projects that are you interested in that's going on in the state of North Carolina right now? I think for me, like having currently throwing myself into the upland game with buying a gsp quell forever you yeah. know pheasants forever um 
that whole like upland movement mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of quail habitat we used to have a great quail population from like virginia to georgia yep um we don't have that anymore uh we're planting birds and killing planted birds um which is it's kind of sad the stock fish yeah it's like stock fish you know <laughs> yeah. we, we go after wild fish um yeah. it's good to get people exposed to the sport but it's not being used like stocked fish hardware where we're getting people exposed to the sport and want to make a difference in the in the population that's wild. What happens is, is they're like, oh, I can spend $300 and go kill 15 birds, right? Yeah. So um, I'm very interested in that just because it would be really nice to be able to run to North Carolina, somewhere up in North Carolina on some public land and hunt some quail and be not overly successful, but semi-successful. Yeah. Um, that would be exciting to me, but I don't know if that day will, I don't know if we'll see that day, right? We're, we're developing land every day. Right. And Which is why conservation is huge to have those public lands. Yep. Yep. But it's also the management of public lands. Yep. Like you look at the turkeys, like turkey populations need a mixed balance, just like quail habitat, right? They need brooding ground. So they need some open ground to feed on. They need some dense population, some like dense cover. Um, if you just go stock birds, if they don't have good habitat, they'll never make it, right? They'll yeah. just be preyed on because they're going to go to the outskirts of the safe spaces to eat, and that's where the predators are at. So mm-hmm. um, it all goes back to habitat, doing some you know burns and harvesting some coyotes and harvesting some uh, raccoons and. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's any one answer, but like, if you kill ten raccoons a year, and Tyler kills ten raccoons a year, and I kill ten raccoons a year, that's thirty raccoons. Yeah. If ten thousand people do that, that's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. That helps on the nesting issue. That helps on you know. How many le- eggs do uh, turkeys lay? Um, it's 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 a lot, but it's not like I mean, we're talking like I think ten would be a big number. Okay. So I, I was wondering like the ratio between I'll tell you what, I saw offspring a, of raccoons and Yeah, I saw a pack of uh what do you call a pack of turkeys? Not a pack flock. A flock. I saw a flock <laughs> of turkeys. And uh I think it was two hens and there was probably twenty something birds with them. Okay. So they all made it. They yep. were all they were all, you know, six, eight months old at that point, so they were relatively large. Mm-hmm poults or whatever you want to call a baby turkey yeah so yep. I, I think well though that, that's the same situation it's habitat yep absolutely habitat falls into one of the biggest things that's one of the biggest arms of uh of conservation and i think something else that has my interest but isn't necessarily based out of you know north carolina and honestly i don't think it really has much to do with it but um the wolf reintroduction. Oh, yeah. Super controversial. A lot of people are yep. against it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, right? Because um, part of me says, like, if it's here naturally, it deserves to belong. The other part of me says, well, there's, like, some sort of balance going on already. Like, Have you ever watched the documentary about that? How the wolves changed the river? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it's called, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, in Yellowstone? Yep. Yeah, and I mean, it makes total sense there, right? But now they, and I think it's fine if managed properly. 
Right. But right now they're having an issue where there's nobody managing the wolf population. Right. So now they're having issues with the wolves. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're trying they're trying to reintroduce a predator, and while reintroducing and getting those numbers up, they're they're very very limiting on hunting opportunities, which the non hunters or the people that are not with the wolf reintroduction are super against because they're seeing yeah. a super surplus rise of wolves yeah. and, and, and predation on their pets, their livestock. Yeah. Um, and they're not seeing, they're, they're not seeing the, um, the counterbalance of that yet. As far as a, uh, a seasonal bag limit, um, to keep it within, within good realm. So I know like uh red wolves are native to North Carolina. Yes. But they're only in captivity right now. But they are talking about breeding them and trying to bring that population back up to release them. So also semi um arguable I believe that Brandon and myself have laid eyes on really? a red wolf on the hunt club where we will be Saturday turkey hunting. Hmm. You think so? I believe so. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Um, it was it a would, big coyote. It was <laughs> a huge. It was a huge coyote. I mean, it was it was next level. It might have been like a a dog yoke mix, like some yeah. some you know. Yeah, it definitely could have been a hybrid. But the <laughs> um, the the game commission um, two years ago had released a statement about red wolves, and because you know coyotes here are open season, you pretty much see yeah. when you lay it down. Um, so they released a statement about knowing the difference and yep. the characteristics and a lot of the characteristics they released on that memo fit really? the one that we had come in on us turkey hunting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced it was a red wolf, but I'm also not convinced it was a coyote, but <laughs> it was a the, very big coyote. <laughs> the, the thing about the, the oddity, right? So we release these predators say like, you know, we got, we, we've got, on the list of predators, we have grizzly bears, we have black bears, we have coyotes, we have wolves, we have mountain lions, right? And the problem with all of those species is they're all like to a vegan non-hunter or just a non-hunter in general. So a bear, they relate to Yogi the bear, they relate to, you know, like all these bear cartoons, so they see it as a sweet, pretty bear, right? Um, it's a killing machine. Yeah, yeah, no. And then you look at like <laughs> you look at like coyotes or wolves. They see them as like dogs, and they yeah. see mountain lions as cats, right? So they attack these things that they know nothing about, right? They they don't want you to kill them. They don't want you to maintain populations. And I I don't think you know. I think bag limits and and keeping an eye on populations and and being thoughtful about it Mm -hmm. right and being purposeful with like what we harvest is like the key to anything right yeah but not harvesting any at all is is not the answer right like if we reintroduce them and they take off yeah they have no natural predators right like they're the biggest thing on the landscape a bear's not going to mess with a wolf yeah we don't have that big of bears yeah and they're black bears like definitely definitely not around here I mean, if you go to the coast, there's big enough bears, but those bears are eating grain and soybean and stuff like that. So it's like, 
something's got to keep the population in check. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue with Red Wolf is like all the, you know, the yuppie rock climbers, hikers are like, oh, don't hunt the, don't hunt the grizzly bears. Yeah. And then they're having grizzly bear problems. Don't hunt the wolves. We're having wolf problems. Don't hunt the mountain lions. Like hikers are getting mauled by mountain lions. It has nothing to do with, because it's all about population. Like as soon as there's too many mountain lions in an area, the mountain lions start to spread. Mm-hmm. Well, they spread into each other. Now they're starting to overtake hiking trails that they never would have went to. Right. Right. And they run into humans. But, so it's all balanced in the end. And it's, it's a huge ecosystem. It is. I mean, more than, I mean, anything we can sit here and figure out on our own, yeah. which is why we have people who have studied for years making these rules and it's all multiple people. You don't have one yeah. person giving right. a, a law on it. It's all a collective. Yeah, but you know, I think I think the issue becomes when like people that aren't educated and aren't like involved in the issue. Well, you got it on both sides. Yeah, you're seeing, which it. is why we had the Roosevelt elk disappear. Yep, yep. You know, it, so it's on it's on both sides, and it no, just no, creates. Sure. You just have to have a balance. Yeah, but the so like. There's for sure worse on the hunter side in some ways where people just want to kill, 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 kill. Yeah. And then on the opposite side, there's people that are not having to experience it. They're living in inner cities, like Mm -hmm. that are not having bears go through their trash and not having coyotes eat their dogs and stuff like that, that have a big pull from a voting standpoint to say, oh, no, we don't want we don't want a bear season this year. Right regardless if there needs to be one or not. And, you know, the people in office are scared that, you know, like if I say yes to bear season, then I'm going to get my tan hide, my hide tanned. And, uh, um, excuse the dyslexia, but like I'm going to get my, my hide tanned on social media and like with cancel culture, like right. they're, they're not willing to take a chance. So what's your point? My point is, is that like, I I don't know if there is a point, but I'm just saying. Well, the point is, the point is to raise more awareness to the people that are actually level-headed and reachable, as far as, be, and and the reintroduction of predators is is very um, hard to get behind yeah. um, on on most realms, um, but also you know with the uh, like Brandon was saying with the people not wanting to kill wolves because they, you know, relate them to dogs or coyotes or whatever. Well, it's a double-edged sword. So with the mountain lions, if you have too many and they take off, they spread into areas they probably shouldn't be where other people are having to encounter them and having attacks. And also the other side of that, even if they're not attacking people, is you have a large population, you have disease start to spread, and then it starts crossing in between species, and then it's just a whole a whole mess that can be managed by a responsible by the people that are paying for the reintroduction to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in in some cases though, there's a reason why they were hunted to extinction, you know, red wolves, because it was an agricultural society. We grew uh, that. that It also had a lot to do with, it also had a lot to do with the fur system back then. Yeah. A red wolf was worth a lot of Mm -hmm. money. Yeah. I mean, like that, so I mean, it was it was very valuable at the time, mm-hmm. 
to kill it. Yeah. Because hey. one, you get you get a hide. Number two, you're protecting your wealth, which is out there standing in the field eating grass. Yep. You know, so there's a reason why it's there. Um, in some of those, some of the farmers they have now, it's still. Yeah, could it, you, it's still a concern. Could you honestly say though, if you were in their shoes in the '60s, that you would right. you would have? Oh no, I'd, I'd protect because I mean that's that was their, that's their main income. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, like, and the same thing goes with fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody talks about the heyday of sport fishing offshore. Like I was talking about with Alan Morada on the last podcast, right? It's it's easy to sit here with hindsight and say, oh, I wouldn't have ever harvested fish. Yeah. Right? Right. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. all three of us would have been living it up. Yeah. We would have been, you know, catching tarpon, catching goliath grouper, eating them, swordfish, you name it. Like, yep. we would have been catching and eating anything we could and probably catching enough for the whole neighborhood and probably throwing some of it away, mm-hmm. wasting it, right? Like, well, I just think it's different though on, you know, you're protecting your, your assets out there. You know sure. what I mean? So it's, it's different than, than fishing in some aspects. Um, well, and a lot of the, a lot of the species that you look were hunted to extinction or, um, at least endangered. Uh, a lot of that was during the time that you couldn't just take off to Harris Teeter or, walmart and go buy a pack of steaks exactly. like you're living off of it and that's when you have a certain population living off of it there's only a matter of time till it runs out a unless lot of, you have a set standard a lot of it too like when a lot of the soldiers came back from world war ii they all had you know they brought rifles back with them yep it was like a way to get outdoors and shoot guns and mm-hmm. like it created a huge influx of hunters yeah that didn't previously exist mm-hmm. well also on return from the war on the, you know, the possible, um, you know, PTSD side and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a good way to get out and just be by yourself and, and, and take some of that in. And yep. it's a mind clear out, um, walking around the woods, you know, sitting in the tree stand, letting the breeze blow, watching the sun come up. Like it, it's a huge dose of serotonin. So if you're struggling with that and you want to go out and get in the woods and it makes you feel better than a lot of people were doing that. I mean, yep. that's one of the, it's not really conservation. I mean, I guess it is conservation, but Project Healing Waters. Yeah, that's a something big deal. that I donate to regularly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd like to get involved with it uh, just because I know what it's done in my life. I mean, I w- I'm not a veteran, but um, my uncle is, and I see the effect it has on him. Um, and hey, what, what, with the uh, licensing for veterans, um, is do you do you have to have a license how's that work <clears throat> yeah so um so like disabled veterans get a deal okay yes what um regular veterans do not okay. um so like me and tyler we pay full price yep um no big deal like yeah you know I'm, i mean I'm, my uncle buys a license every year yep. even though he's a disabled veteran yeah yeah full price yep. because he's like i'm giving back to conservation yeah, yeah so uh disabled veterans they have a bunch of like outdoor programs where you can go on like draw hunts and stuff like that that like really help them get outdoors um you know national wild turkey federation uh qdma quality mm-hmm. deer management association uh ducks unlimited 
what is it? Quail forever, pheasants forever, you name it. Everybody's getting some wounded vets out in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally unrelated. I mean, not unrelated to what we were talking about with predators, but what did, what was your guys take on the guy that said he killed a mountain lion with his bare hands hiking in Colorado? It must've been a real small mountain lion or it was a lie. <laughs> Maybe no. he found a dead one. Yeah, so there was there was a bunch of controversy over it. Um, I remember seeing that. Yeah, so I think it came out that it was like a cub. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it came out that it was a cub. But like, how do you go on national television and be like, I killed a mountain lion with my bare hands? That's how I want to go out. If I ever get a terminal illness, I'm gonna go kick a mountain lion. Grizzly lions. Yeah, or like fly fish during grizzly season or something out there in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm going out. <laughs> um. So real quick, I don't know how much time we got left, but uh, on the veterans, um, mm-hmm. the veteran stuff as well. They actually kicking off in 2022. There will be a Armed Forces Fishing League. Okay. Um, that a handful of mutual friends. Um, one of them was stationed at Shaw with me. Um, he's going to be the South Carolina director. Cool. Um, but they are starting. I think uh, it's been going on a, probably longer than you're giving it credit for. Well, no, the league they're starting. The league the guy's starting is okay. starting next year. Um, but he his his goal is a national league um for veterans raise awareness um and it's all the fine details haven't been worked out yet but it is going to be a good thing to look into um and possibly support i will actually be the north carolina state director oh um, we got a state director on our time <laughs> yeah hey. so i'll be running the north carolina division um, but yeah, check it out. They have a, fa- uh, they have a Facebook and they also have a website. Um, but we are trying to get as many people on board as we can. I think right now we have, we just got our sixth state. We just got New Hampshire. Cool. Um, so it's how many getting, people are in New Hampshire? Like 20? Well, I mean, maybe, but that's better. We than have none. another state, you yeah. know, six, yeah. six out of 50, yeah. we're getting there. So, um, we're trying to get it out there and get, raise some awareness and get, um, just, just try to get these guys back outdoors and get their heads um, awesome. cleared on some some good fellowship and meeting other people that have been through similar situations that you have. Um, so, just so, go check them out. Yeah. So, in the uh, when we have more information on how you can get involved with that, uh, we'll put it out on the podcast and we'll put it out on the Instagram. Uh, but in the meantime, whatever you like to go after, whatever you like to hunt, whatever you like to fish, search some kind of foundation for yep, it. If yep. you're able to give to it, it's going to pay back in the future. Yeah. Try to get try future to get, generations. Try to get the veterans, you know, and the, the kids, you know, on, into the outdoors, you know, spread the, spread the wealth. Like if you have a place to go, don't be afraid to take somebody. You like, can use Amazon smile yeah. to donate. Yeah. Um, whatever regular shopping on Amazon, they'll donate back into it. Um, so set that up on your Amazon. Yeah. As much else. as Savannah shops on yeah, Amazon, no. <laughs> I'll, be I'll be donating fund. I'll be donating thousands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we appreciate you guys listening to another boats and does podcast. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one.